back to our podcast about child development on autism, ADHD, and learning disabilities. Today, we are going to start a series of podcasts that will work on communication with children on the spectrum. I want to emphasize that we are going to work step by step. Sometimes the examples that I'm going to give you during the podcast are not relevant to you, but for other people. If you see that I'm not talking enough about things that are related to you, please feel free to send me an email to info at autismcan.ca and I would love to answer you or even to raise the questions that you had on our next podcast. Today we're going to look what is the first step when we are trying to communicate with a child who is nonverbal and he is he or she sorry I'm going to say he for the podcast only for convenience and not because any any other reasons so forgive me if it's for a girl but I'm going to say for a boy so let's say that we have a toddler or a young baby a child who is between the ages of 15 months to 3 at that step at that milestone the child is supposed to be in between two words to a sentence of three or four words and supposed to know directions supposed to answer simple questions and also is supposed to be able to follow any kind of instructions that we will give. So our first task when we are approaching the child is to know what he likes and dislikes. Why is it important? Think about this, when you want to do something with your child, you want it to be something that he will be feeling a lot of connection to the activity. So for example, if your child likes to play on the couch, does he like to play with a ball? Uh, does, does he like to play with food? Sometimes, sometimes kids have a tactile uh, issue and, or need and they want something that they can touch. Uh, so you are looking at what your child likes the most. Take a week and follow your child. Don't try to interact, just try to see where does your child is leading you. So you might see in the morning your child really likes to play with his bike. In the afternoon, in the afternoon after nap, he likes to play and to write something on the blackboard or to rip things or to play with cars or anything else. So you would know after a week what is your child engagement is like and what he likes to do in 
specific times of the day. Because what you need to pay attention is something that we call the level of engagement and the needs of the child. So for example, if your child is much more tactile, that means that he likes to touch things, your activities would be something that he can touch, something that he can play with, and it has a lot of sensory in it, so he will be engaged with you in the communication. Uh, is your child has auditory problems or issues? Auditory means by listening or hearing things that might disturb him. So your child might seem at the time during that week that he's not paying attention to you, that his behavior is weird or un unorthodox. For example, flipping his hands, watching TV so close to the TV that you are not sure that he can see something, uh, singing songs. But all of those things are actually good things because from that point we can actually see what is the level of interaction and where we as parents, caregivers or even therapists can help that child interact. So let's say that your child has movement, that he likes to run around. So all of those things you can work with. If it's touch, for example, see if it's a pressure, if it's something that he likes to pour on him, like water, and those things can actually give you a very good indication. See if it's something that it's uh, sight, looking. For example, when he's uh, looking at his fingers very closely, or if he's waving his hands next to his eye, or looking at the wheel of a car very closely. Sounds can be from a TV, it can be something that he hears. That is a good indication where your child is uh, in the way of communication. Those are things that you can use. Smell is another issue that your child can be effective or receptive to, but that is something else that I don't recommend because it's something that the child is not clear about because most times with smell we want it to be adapted to a word. When you recognize your child's sensory preference, you will learn how your child is reacting to the world around him. When your child knows that something bothers him and he can tell you, it actually helps you to know what to tell him or even how to communicate with him. If your child shows you that something he loves, you can see how you can create communication. So those things are actually the, those small things that we use in the development approach to show a child that we are here and listening to him and his needs. And by that, we encourage him to repeat, to do the action again, and to see our reaction. When a child sees your reaction, he's actually acknowledging your existence in his world. 
And that is something that a lot of therapists are working on in the beginning to work that the child will see them as part of the world that the child is experiencing. After we learned, after a week, that we saw what kind of learning our child is using, if it's sensory, if it's visual, if it's tactile, we can go from there to go to his eye level and work with him on communication. Now, what is our next step is a very common one. Our uh, we want to see what is the learning type that our child has. Why is this important? This is part of what we as adults already adapted our lives to. There are people who are visuals, learn, visual learners. There are people who are auditory learners. And there are people who are tactile learners. We need to see where the child is so we can help him learn better and also when there is any kind of outcome that we perceive as weird or not orthodox but actually it's his way of communicating with us we can use it and we can utilize it so for example let's say that we have a child that we ask him how many fingers you see right now and we show them 10 fingers and he starts to, uh, to count 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. In our mind, we might think, oh no, the child knows the numbers, so why does he count with his fingers? He knows the numbers. Why does he count from 1 to 10 out loud? Why can't he say, how many fingers do I see? 10. Why does he need to count if I ask him what is the number after the number 9? Why does he have to count? 0 to 10 even if he knows the answer well that is part of his learning style of course we can work with him to understand what is the number we can work with him that's not the issue but the issue right now while we work on establishing a learning style is to know what is we are facing what is his learning style so when we work with the child, we need very, to be very mindful to his ways. And we should not change his ways, but we should also teach him another way of learning. So, for example, if a child is a tactile learner, we should use that as our learning tools. But we would teach the child also, oh, you know, there is tactile, but you can also use your auditory channels, right? You know that. So let me teach you this. Uh, let me show you an example. Let's work on it. Not that way, but uh, show them games that they will enhance the other ways of learning. Okay, so we were talking about communication today, but what is communication? Communication is when one person is sending a message to another person that in our case is in front of us and that person in the other side 
coding it to his mind, cipher it, and react. So if I say take the red ball, the child listen to the request, bring, give me the red ball. He knows in his mind what is the red, what is ball. He knows the instruction give and he brings me the red ball. So what's wrong with that kind of interaction that we are unable to do it if we ask for that and the child doesn't bring us the red ball? That is a fair question because what we actually see here is the problem of coding. The coding of the request, the understanding of what is a ball, what is the color red, and what is the, under the understanding of the word give me. So when we see our child, we need to see what the level of understanding is. Let's start with the understanding of does he know what a ball is, does he know what colors are, and does he follow instructions. So when we work with children at the first encounter of any kind of language, we work on instructions. Why? Because instructions are very important because they are part of our body. If you have a child who is non-verbal, and this is the part that it might not reflect on your child what I'm saying right now, but if you see that it's not, keep listening and if you have a question, send it to me because while it is, I'm going to start from a low level of a child that is nonverbal and doesn't understand communication, we are going to work up to a child who goes to a regular school, verbal and his lack of communication is very limited and we see the difference. We're going to start with the child who is two year old and he's nonverbal, doesn't understand uh, instructions and doesn't show interest at all in anything else. So what we do after a week that we saw that the child is not interested in anything and he's a very tactile learner. That is a great thing, tactile learner are the best learners that we have because they will learn very fast. So we will teach the child first the word come, stop, get up, get down and we will do it with moving around and touching surfaces or going on the stairs and we will put a lot of things that are different on the surface itself. So the child with the tactile can feel the difference and we can stop when we want to stop. So from there we want to see that the child understand shapes because we are working on a memory. We all have a representation in our mind to every category that we meet. So for example, if I would tell you the word dog, if I will post a picture of a dog right now on my Facebook page and tell you please post your dog that you're thinking about, 89% of the time it will be a different dog. 
that I was thinking about. Because while I was thinking about golden retriever, blue eyes, and a tail that is dirty and has white spots, you were not thinking about that dog. But if you tell me, go and bring a dog from outside, my representation of a dog, while different from yours, I would be able to find a dog because I will have so many other pictures in my mind of a dog that I would know what you're talking about. But if your child don't know what is a dog, letting him with a picture of a dog will be very dangerous because then the representation of a dog is not there. He's done. He knows how to recognize a picture that he sees 50,000 times, but he doesn't know what is a dog. And the reason why we work first on understanding interaction and instructions, because there are two components to that that the child needs to go through. One, understanding the words have meaning. And the second thing is that words are actually an extension of our body. When a child understands that the words are the extension of his body and the extension of his body needs to be there so he will understand the language, it will be much more easier to, uh, for him to understand what is a dog. From there to understanding what is a ball and to understanding then the color and then to understand anything else, it will be helpful. So that is why we teach first the instruction language. We teach to point while we do that. So when a child already knows all of the aspects of extension of your body, we go from there to understanding pictures. We are going from there to understanding shapes. We go from there to understand anything else. Now, as you're, I've told you in the previous podcast, language and child development in general is liquid. It means that you might be in the first step that I'm talking about on, and the fifth step, at the same day, at the same five minutes, because something clicks in the thing that your child is learning. Let's go from a child, now let's go to a child that has one word, or even a child that actually is rhyming. So when you see a child that is rhyming, you say, wait, my child is actually verbal, he's talking. Now, sometimes he's saying something that doesn't make sense, but he is talking. Well, that's correct and incorrect. A child that mumbles or is saying echolalia, repeats, he has the concept of a language. He understands words. He doesn't understand the meaning of the word. So sometimes what you would do, let's say that your child is sad or scared. So one of the kids that I had in my clinic, he would say, oh no, there is wind. What would you do when there is wind? And it was part of a TV show. I don't remember which one. Sorry about that. And 
the child was just saying, oh, I'm scared because there is wind outside. But he needed to do that whole scenario of what his mother or father said to him every time that there was wind. And from there to go to calm themselves down or to tell us, oh, I need the time because I'm scared right now. So they needed to do that. So when the child was done with saying it, they were not able to do anything else. They were not able to pick up a game or to choose anything else because the understanding of their choice was not there. So that was another thing that you need to work on, on language. Language is freedom and the in the extension of your body. Is to tell, give a choice, give, oh, I'm, I'm here. And a child needs to have that step. Now, another important thing to understand when we are working on communication is to see how long our child can be in the game or concentrating. We should not force our agenda on him. And we should always work with the child, not against the child. Your child might be tired, your child might be cranky that day, and that's okay. You need to change the tactic, you need to change the games every time. I'm as a professional for 20 years, been working with kids, and I know that I would bring 50 games to the clinic and 50 games to the house of the child, but maybe I would use only two games for an hour. Because the child might be cranky, he might be sad, he a thousand reasons. And that's okay. So your child will learn how to adapt to their situation. But we need to be there first and adapt to his needs. This is the first encounter that we are going to do about language. And the next time we're going to talk about higher level of autism and more communication exercise. I'm also happy to announce that we have a YouTube channel, The House of Child Development. And from next week, the 10th of December 2020, we are going to add videos of therapy. I have to tell you that it's going to be me and puppets or me as the child also, because I believe that I should not take pictures or videos of kids with autism and advertise them. I think it's missing the point of therapy when it is confidential what I do with a child and it's his privacy and I don't feel comfortable to break that trust. I hope you are going to have a great day. If you have any questions, go to our website thehouseofkidsdevelopment.ca or send me an email info at autismcan.ca. Thank you and have a good day.